What's going on, Niner fam? It is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. I'm sorry that I missed yesterday's show, but my stomach was, I was fighting with it all day and just couldn't, just couldn't go. Like, uh, but I'm back. It's Tuesday and we're going to do the show that we should have did yesterday, but people are still talking about the same thing. So we're going to talk about it today. But before we get to any of it, you know, we got to hit the music. Ladies and gentlemen, I like to know. Are you ready for start time? Once again, what up, Niner fam? And it is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. Make sure that you give this video a like. Make sure that you give me a subscribe. Make sure that you hit the bell so you can get the notifications for when I go live. It is, you know, it's that time. It's I've been talking about this all off season, but it's that time of year. It's and to you know, give shout out to big shout out to B Peacock because he says it all the time. It's lying season. It's lying season. That's all. That's the only name for for this time of year. You get a whole bunch of people that throw throw things. They hear little tidbits here and there, and they just start throwing stuff against the wall to see if it's going to stick. Uh, and then when and then when it doesn't stick, there's zero accountability, and they just they just move on to the next lie and the next. Uh, the next just nonsense, and I start, and I've I've started to call these guys nonsense merchants, and they're the guys that all of you out there in that watch ESPN call insiders. That <laughs> they they they're and you know these are the guys that are great when it's time when it's somebody gets signed or when it's draft time and like they're they're calling out the guys that are getting drafted. They're great for those things when it's transactional, when it's transaction time. But anytime they are speculating or trying to give you insider information on what a team is thinking and what they're looking at and who they're who they're talking to, nine times out of ten, it's overblown. It's nonsense, hence nonsense merchants. And it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of garbage. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. And yes, I, I I'm not I'm not naive and I'm not stupid. Do I think that the teams talk and do their uh, do they do these conversations happen that they that they put out there sometimes? Of course they do, but not in the way that they make it seem. I think sometimes these teams just people say things in passing. And these guys, it's their job. They to make news where there is no news. <laughs> there is no news. So they've got to create it because, because otherwise they wouldn't have a job. They wouldn't have a job year round. They would only be, they would only have a job when the transaction was actually going down. So, but they've got to figure out ESPN's got to come up with stories and they've got to come up with things to talk about every day, every hour of the day. So they're going to continue to do what they do. Nine, uh, nine out of ten people out there are going to believe them because they're on ESPN or NFL Network or whatever the case is. Uh, but this show today is about why do we listen at this point? Why do we listen to this point? Like I've been watching football and I used to be an avid ESPN watcher. Uh, not so much anymore. The only time uh, I even watch ESPN is when a clip comes across Twitter and it's usually making fun of something that they say on ESPN. Like, uh, so I think ESPN has become comical. I think that they do have their place in media, just like CNN and Fox News have their place uh, pandering to whoever, whatever 
they want to they want to listen the people the masses want to listen to at the moment but with that being said the new the actual news that that is that is coming out of ESPN isn't really it's all opinion based it's all a bunch like i said it's a bunch of nonsense they're throwing stuff up against the wall to see if it sticks i do want to give roberto a, a shout out for coming through like uh thank you for coming through i i think he meant oh yes he did he meant What's faithful gang? Absolutely appreciate you for coming through, Roberto. But why? Why? And before we before we dig deeper into this, let's get through the transactional portion of the program, the actual news. Um, I mean, so the 49ers signed three veterans. I know I have I know that happened, I think they announced it yesterday, but uh I obviously I didn't have my show yesterday, so I'm gonna announce it now. They uh, they officially signed Brandon Allen, the QB. Uh, I guess he used to be on the the. I mean, he used to be on the Bengals, but I mean, in reality, he's he's a camp body that is there to just to be because they ha- they probably need three quarterbacks to to have for uh, for camp purposes. So that's the only reason why Brandon Allen he might make the practice squad uh, just to have an extra guy, uh, but. But we don't expect him to be anything of anything, anything of substance. Then they signed uh, Marlon Davidson, uh, tackle, defensive tackle from uh, the the Falcons. He came from the Falcons. Uh, he was a second rounder, so there's 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 some physical talent there. Uh, can the 49ers do their magic? I don't know. It looks like it sounds like another camp body, but uh, but I mean, he's second round pick, so you know that there's some kind of talent there. Let's see what they can get out of this guy. And, uh, but with Javon Hargrave and Ken Law and uh, Eric Armstead and all the guys, the other guys that the 49ers have in house already, T.Y. McGill and, and a few other guys like uh, that they have in, it's the odds of this guy making the team, uh, the, of any three of these guys actually making the team are really slim, <laughs> really slim. A lot of this, the signings right now are, camp camp bodies and people to to make those third team fill out those third teams and fill out that 90 man roster of the offseason so uh i doubt that these guys will be on the the uh the 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 team by the end when all is said and done but then you got troy fumagali that has been been on the 49ers before he's been on the practice squad before so he's familiar with the team i'm sure that's why they brought him in He's gonna probably be fine with with maybe getting a practice squad uh, look. So um, those are the guys they brought in. It's, I mean, and then of course everybody's favorite tight end, uh, tight end two from last year, Tyler Croft, that mixed missed his block and and uh, everybody thinks caused caused us to lose the uh, the NFC title game. Uh, he went to Miami. He got signed by Miami today. Uh, I I thought Tyler Tyler Croft is a good player, and I don't think there was anything wrong with him. I liked him as our tight end too last year, but when something like that happens, I mean it's it is what it is. The writing is kind of on the wall, and uh, but good luck to Tyler Croft. Uh, I thought he was a he was a pretty solid uh, tight end too last year. But let's get into it, and so Ian Rappaport came out said and was talking about and we got some Steve Santa Maria 49ers are an episode team I don't quite know what that means but uh I'm sure that 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 is partially true <laughs> but so Ian Rappaport he came out uh, before the draft and was talking about made comments about Trey, like uh, basically disregarding Trey Lance altogether. I think it was during the draft and basically saying that he, he was under the impression that that Sam Darnold is probably going to be the starter come week one because Brock Purdy is going to be out and just really kind of just disregarded Trey Lance and and everybody got up in arms and started saying, oh, this definitely means they're trading him. This definitely means that, I mean, he's probably going to go during the draft. 
Uh, I mean, we, I mean, there was even Larry Kruger out there saying, uh, betting people that Trey was going to get traded by the trade deadline and never, ever, ever, ever did the 49ers ever even give you guys an inkling that they were even thinking about doing that. They never, like they said that they had confidence in Trey, what they did say, what uh, Lynch, even Lynch see. And I think this is where the disconnect is because Lynch, uh, when Lynch says some stuff, it tends to be different in tone and context than when Shani says stuff. And Shani has never has always sounded like he's had confidence in Trey. Uh, Lynch sounds like Purdy is his guy, but he, but even Lynch has never said, oh, well, we're not, we're definitely looking for trade partners for Trey. No, he said, when they asked him the question of if he took calls, we're always taking calls. Well, that doesn't mean that we're actively shopping and people are reading into what they say. The, the little minutia, it's always happens every single year. And they, they somehow got out of that, that Trey was going to get traded come trade, come uh, draft draft time. Well, didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. Uh, the, in fact, Rappaport just yesterday came out with, uh, was on Pat McAfee show says, and says that the 49ers actually reached out and pushed back a little bit about why would you not mention Trey? Like, I mean, what, why? Which it kind of says to, it kind of said the fact that he had to, the fact that he even had to bring it up because you know, it had to take a lot for him to say, to to put out there that he was he was mistaken. But with his take, but for him to even bring it up is it says to me that they were probably pretty adamant about it. Like, why would you even say? Why would you say like you're probably you're wrong? I, I that's the way I envision the conversation went, and. I think that they're hearing more about how much better Trey is looking. Lynch made a comment about how good Trey was being in the little bit of throws that he did uh, over the he saw the little bit that he saw. Uh, I have a feeling that they're seeing a little bit more. That's my opinion, but my, my I guess my point in all of this is is that they don't know. <laughs> they're lying to you. We catch. These insiders lying to us on every year, every year, especially the 49er fans. They say things all the time about our team that that don't come true. Does anybody remember Debo, the all the whole Debo fiasco last year? And what what did they say? Uh, They said that he well, he asked for a trade. Everybody assumed. Well, yep, he's got to be traded because he asked for a trade. They said they probably were going to trade him. All the insiders said they probably were going to trade him. Like everybody on Twitter was speculating that, that, that uh, and that's that's what happens. Throws like wildfire, and pretty soon it's all Twitter, all over social media, uh, all over ESPN. They're talking about, yeah, like, uh, are they going to trade? Like, how? Why are they not? If the deal's not going to get done, Lamar Jackson. Even though not talking about not talking about the 49ers, but Lamar Jackson. What happened? They said that Lamar Jackson wanted a fully guaranteed deal and he was not going to take any less. That's what the insiders told you. That's what the experts told you. And that and they said he deserved and everybody was saying he deserves it. He deserves he deserves all the money. And then it and then it comes out later that, you know, he got a good deal. He got a little bit more than Jalen Hurts did. <laughs> but he definitely didn't get what everybody said that he was asking for. And then, of course, Lamar had come out multiple times, mind you, <laughs> during the negotiation, just like Debo came out multiple times during his negotiation and told you guys that you were wrong. You were listening to the wrong people. The stuff that they were telling you was false. And still, nobody listened until the deal got done for Debo, until the deal got done for Lamar. And... I remember being in spaces in Twitter spaces at the time of Debo's of Debo's uh, whole deal last year 
and telling people he's not going anywhere from the very beginning because it didn't make monetary sense for the for for Debo or for the 49ers. Like they had his rights. The NFL is not the NBA. That's what people that's the first thing that people need to understand is the NFL is not the NBA. The players do not control the process. And they're eventually going to have to take what owners are willing to give. And that's just the reality of the situation. It's not that I don't want them to get paid. Not that I don't want want to see guys get as much money as they possibly can. But the reality of the situation is, is they're going to get, you're only as valuable as what they offer you. And that's because they have the money and you don't. So it it is what it is. But when the whole Debo situation was going on, I said at the time, it didn't make any sense. The 49ers are, con- are they control his, his rights. Basically, if he didn't, if he decided to hold out, they were going to franchise. They were going, they could franchise him. They could franchise him again, but he was, he was going to get penalized if he didn't show up to, to work. He was not going to get paid. He was actually going to get penalized at the time. And I told you then it didn't make any sense that, and they told you, they said that, no, <laughs> doesn't make any sense for us to trade him. And it would take a Godfather offer is what they said to trade him. And they didn't get that Godfather offer. He's still a 49er. They paid him, which is what we said all along because the 49ers have a very strict way in which they do things. And they're not gonna let they're not gonna let the fans, they're not gonna let the the nonsense merchants, they're not gonna let ESPN, they're not gonna let anyone tell them how to do business. And so far, up to this point, I can't argue that it hasn't worked. So you can't really argue with them right now, if that makes any sense. Like, I mean, they've been to three out of the last four NFC Championship games. They've they're they're it's widely known throughout the league that this is a team that that guys want to play for. They want to come here. They want to be a part of that culture. Oh, what's going on, Bebop? Appreciate you coming through, fam. But yeah, th- this is a team that t- guys want to be on. Why is that if they if they if they were such a bad front office and such a bad organization and how they treat people, why would you want to stay? You don't you wouldn't. But all these guys love the love the team. They have a great culture in the building uh, from all everything that we see. Like uh, everybody seems to love Shanny, even though. We think he's a little harsh sometimes. They seem to, the, the guys on the team seem to love the way Shanny is and the tough love that he gives. But back to the, the nonsense merchants, why do we listen? They tell us all this stuff. This stuff is right in front of our faces. This stuff is right in front of our faces. We have all of the information about what happens if a player, if a player decides that he wants to hold out. How many how many players have held out and and really benefited from holding out? The the NFL has made it uh has has made it really difficult for for players to do that and like uh, and and gain anything from it. It's it's very rare that it, that it happens. And it definitely if you've got if you've got if they have your rights for two more seasons, you definitely are in no position to hold out. Like so because they hold your rights for two years and most teams will not are not going to just trade you just because. So, but back to back to Rappaport and then and the and the the merchants of nonsense. The the fact that we all listen to these guys when they're wrong time after time after time in their speculation, it's, it's all, it's just nauseating. Like, uh, I don't know if everybody else doesn't get nauseated by it, but everybody gets excited every single time. Oh, Rappaport said that, that, uh, and I know that all the guys that don't like Lance, 
<laughs> all of the the 49er fans that don't like Lance and they're they're hoping that uh, for whatever reason that that Sam Darnold's going to be the guy and, and you really don't hope that by the way but or that Brock Purdy's going to magically be ready to go week 1 which probably isn't going to happen but <laughs> for all those people out there that are hoping for that for those scenarios and wish and wishing so hard and then and then Rappaport says something to that effect or one of the other the Peter Kings and the and all these other guys like I mean yeah I mean the list goes on Colin Cowherd all all of them like uh, they when they say these things about the 49ers and they're just say, telling you what you want to hear they're telling you what those guys want to hear what those the guys that don't want Trey here in the first place and they just want to be right. <laughs> That's the reality. They just want to be right about Trey. And because of that, they're willing to go down the rabbit hole with the Rappaports. And that's why you've got the Rappaports and the Colin Cowherds and all these nonsense merchants throwing stuff out there because of those people that don't want those that don't want these guys on the team. Anyway, the, the fan base, part of the fan base has just turned on. They turn on players at a, at the drop of a hat. So they know that, and so they're going to throw a little thing out there. If it doesn't stick, oh, well, we're going to be able to talk about it for the next month. And, and that'll, cover, that'll, cover, that'll cover us from actually having to have any real news and doing any real work. And so it's absolutely, Roberto, the, uh, definitely the Mel Kuyper type. And you know what? Mel Kuyper, I do respect what he does. He he's doing evaluations and is he right all the time? No, but he came up with a kind of point system and uh, he came and he came up with these valuations that, that teams use. So, I mean, I give him credit for, for that part, but I would say that the 49ers have, have come up with their own way of doing the draft at this point. You're you look at their like the way that they're real, their draft value that people gave them a D F on their draft this year. Uh, last year, I don't remember what they gave the 49ers. They, I, I don't think it was a good grade. It wasn't a good grade last year either, though. And I think a lot of fans were like, what in the hell is going on last last year? And it turned out to be really good. They got a real they got a they got a few good players in that draft. They always get a few good players. They the 49ers have a really good scouting scouting department, but I think that they've gone down, they basically come up with a system to where they don't really care what the draft value is per se on these guys. They've just identified the guys that they want to fit the the holes, which I don't even think a lot of them are holes, but guys that they think that they can add to the squad that will that they can integrate seamlessly. And because of that, they don't really care about the draft position. The only thing they use draft position for is to make sure that they get the guys that they want. And, but I think that they identify they the only hole that they had. And Shani told you the only hole that they had was kicker, which is what they prioritized. And and obviously they prioritized the safety spot because they went up to get their safety. Then they got their kicker, and then the rest of it it was just guys special teams. Guys that that they're gonna see if they can they like they like who they are as a person because that's what I what I gleaned from what they said and what um I'm trying to think of what his name is uh Adam Peters and what Adam Peters and Ahmad said was that they a lot of them they just liked who those guys were and they thought that they were good football players. They can, they feel they can probably develop those guys, but right for right now, they'll probably a lot of them will be on special teams. And but but when but the ever the way the outside looks at it is like the 49ers failed, absolutely failed in their draft because they didn't get the best guy at the at the the best player available. They everybody assumed that that what they they needed was a right tackle. Everybody assumed that, that they're going to need like uh, that. They're, they're going to get an edge. And, 
and they're gonna those are probably the first things that they're gonna draft and and that was included me I thought that I thought for sure that they would that they would get a right tackle a safety and an edge those were the three positions and then they would get a, another corner down the road somewhere <laughs> like uh, but but I knew I just knew in my gut that those were the three but I was I'm wrong again <laughs> I'm wrong again the difference between me saying I'm wrong and is that the other guys don't take accountability when they're wrong. They just move on. They just move on to the next subject and start talking about something else. <laughs> like, uh, but it, it's it's pretty... Uh, Mel Kuyper, I give him his credit. I do give him his credit. Uh, I got some other guys in the chat. Appreciate you guys coming through. Uh, Daytona, appreciate you coming through uh, for a few times now. I Watch out. <laughs> appreciate you. And... Oh, my man, Beto, for Niner Sickness Podcast. Make sure, make sure that you give my man Beto a subscribe. Make sure that you uh that that you give him a follow on Twitter. And uh yeah, appreciate you, Beto, coming through. And oh yes, absolutely. We yeah, we got it, we gotta get we gotta link up at some point. I like uh, I've just been super busy. But we gonna we gonna get on it again. I promise you. And and Beto says the 49ers had a luxury of having three picks in the third round. They use one of those for a kicker. I see no problem with that. I, I you know the way that they do the draft and just how I just talked about it. I don't I don't have a necessarily have a problem with it. I just think from a value standpoint, is it's just not the way things are done normally, and the reality. The reality is, is that kickers that are taken high don't always work out <laughs> like uh, that. And so that's that's where it gets kind of dicey is the fact that, yeah, you go in after the guy that you wanted. But but if it doesn't work out, you wasted the third round pick on a on a guy that didn't work that uh, that didn't work out when nobody probably was going to. And maybe the Patriots take him at one twelve. But at the real, but the reality is that some of the best kickers ever have all been undrafted, most of them. So, I mean, does it matter that you didn't get your guy when it comes to a kicker? I I don't know that it does. I don't have a problem with them doing it because the roster is so stacked. But but at the but at first glance, and from a valuation standpoint, that's the reason why the 49ers got a D and an F in in the way that in their draft grade. So I understand what they're saying, uh, but, and they're just doing 49ers are just doing things against the norm, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Uh, they're just bucking the trend and they're starting their own trend. And it's they're They're probably doing the smartest thing, which is, which is take the guys that they make sure that they get, making sure that they get the guys that they want. And, and we don't and we they don't really care about the rest. They don't really care about the the speculation that they didn't have a good draft because at the end of the day, they're at the end of the year, they're gonna see you in the NFC in the championship game. <laughs> and and then you're gonna be sitting there and we're not gonna be talking about their draft grade at that point. So the one hole that the 49ers had was at kicker. The like uh, they and they I thought it was at right tackle, too. I'm not sold on McKivitz. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, the team is, seems to be sold on them. And as I've said in prior shows, they've earned the equity like to when they say that they've got a, that they have faith in McKivitz, like that they can say that because last year they said the same thing and about Brendel. They said the same thing about Burford. And they said the same thing about banks and we all speculated that it was garbage and that they needed to go get somebody. And it turned out it was fine. Turned out fine. So they've earned the equity with me to when they say that McKivitz is going to be serviceable, that he's going to be fine and that they have confidence in him. Hey, I am, I'm on board. I'm on board. And that's not to say that, but that's not to say that if it doesn't work out, that we're not going to be here sitting here saying, I told you so <laughs> that that's going to happen. If it doesn't, if the McKivitz thing doesn't work. So, I mean, they, and they have the right to be wrong every now and then, but I mean, 
I think everybody had identified that as a as a weakness and a spot. So I don't know. Like uh but and oh a few other people came in the chat. Oh Melissa, appreciate you coming through, fam. Like, yes, yeah, smash that like button if you haven't already. Make sure that you give this, uh, that you give me a subscribe. Make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend so we can be friends every week and every day, like uh, that I go live. Uh, it's really, I'm just trying to build a community. My, my show, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter, and I know that that's not what this show is really about today, but I saw a lot of things on Twitter, and content creators uh, lately have been kind of been going at each other a little bit. And over style of show and like things like biting and like all that kind of stuff. And when it's true, like there's no doubt in my mind that biting goes on like uh, in some of these shows, but at the, at the same time, it's a show is a show. You, you as a person make that show unique. And I think that everybody has value. Everybody. I think we have a great, group of 49er 49er content creators and do they maybe do they use somebody else's gimmick okay but at the end of the day they are who they are and and uh, there's an audience out there for that person and everybody's not into my in, not into my show I only have I haven't gotten to 300 subscribers yet but at the same time I'm not that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop being who I am which is I'm here to give you to make you think I want to make you think. I want to make you think about what could be the actual things that could actually happen. I don't want to speculate on nonsense. I like I want to talk. Let's talk it through as a community, as a 49er community. Let's talk it through in the chat like uh, and and raise those questions that get us to think about what what is actually possible and then we can usually come to the answers of what's going to happen through through just question, through just questioning what is in front of us and the facts that are in front of us. So that's what my show is about. My show is about facts. And, and of course, I have a lot of my opinions in here, but I would say that all my opinions are based on the facts that are in front of me. I don't go off a lot of spec speculation. But for everybody, that doesn't mean that uh, I know there's a ton of guys out there that are that are super talented, super entertaining, and that they have their own lane. Like, uh, so that's why I don't down on any content creator. All we're, we all have our value. Like, uh, but just wanted to say that. And, uh, but I appreciate uh, Melissa coming through. And, and then my man Beto, he going to get on me again. I can feel it. That's not the one. How many running backs we taken with a third round pick that hasn't worked out? Absolutely. So that means that we shouldn't take a kicker and we shouldn't take a running back. And we probably shouldn't take a, uh, a safety that they plan on making a corner either. <laughs> like they did with Tavarius Moore. That, I mean, they just haven't had a lot of luck in the third round. And that's, I mean, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it's not picking the right players there. Uh, so I, I just look at, at what the 49ers do and they just have their guy. I think that they've learned along the way. Every year it gets a little bit better. They learn from their mistakes and they are willing to change what they do. Uh, when they drafted Tavarius Moore, they haven't drafted another player like that. Like uh, in a long time, since they tried to draft Joe Williams, they didn't. They didn't draft. They didn't uh, draft an, another player like that that just didn't want to play. Yeah, they did. They did draft uh, Trey Sermon, but that was a bust, and he wasn't necessarily a fit. And then, but and then they drafted TDP, which to be continued. <laughs> like we don't know what TDP is yet. Hopefully, he does. He does better than he did last year. But they're not going to make all their picks. No team gets 100% of their picks right. So they're going to miss some guys, and we get that. But I'm talking about from a value standpoint. TDP wasn't a good value. 
at the time. People said that he was probably going to go later. They were surprised that they that they took TDP where they took him. And then uh, and then Trey Trey Sermon. I mean, didn't they trade? They I believe they traded up to get him, which they like. I mean, we didn't even need a running back. Like we didn't need a running back, but then, and then in that same draft in the sixth round, they get Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, who ended up being the starter. So that's all I'm saying is that traditionally speaking, the 49ers have been able to find guys later. Traditionally, you, uh, most teams have been able to find a kicker later in the, in the draft or, or undrafted. I mean, uh, Justin Tucker is undrafted, was undrafted. So, Greatest kicker of all time. And so, I mean, it is what it is. I just think that from a value standpoint. And who who else we got? Anybody else want to step up? (laughs) Uh, And Daytona says he didn't want to talk about Moody until he watched him. He was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything against uh, Moody per se, the player. I want to make that clear. I don't have anything against Moody, the player. It's the value. It's where he was picked. Could they have got him later? I don't know that they could have, but it's willing. But I would have been willing to make the gamble that they didn't get him and they get, and they pick up somebody else. I can 100% guarantee you that one of the kickers that came out of this draft or that got picked up on the undrafted ends up at least close to where Moody was. In, in talent level. I can almost guarantee it. Like, uh, and make sure that we, we save that, that comment because, uh, and hold me accountable for it. I'm all, I'm all good about that, but the odds are <laughs> the odds are, because that's what the odds have been for the NFL. As far as the NFL goes is you have a better chance getting somebody undrafted than you do drafting them. And that, and that's just the way it is. That's the way the numbers fall. Now that's not to say the Moody won't end up being great. He might be end up being great, and I'd be all about it. I'm a I'm a Michigan fan. Go blue all day. Like I, I want I want Moody to be great, especially now that they they spent a third round pick on him. Like because there there's some added pressure now for him. Not just that he because already he's coming to a team that's that had Robbie Gold, and statistically speaking, had one of the best postseason runs of any kicker. Like, but then on top, he was picked in the third round. So now you put some extra pressure. So everybody is going to be looking at this man, whether it's fair or not, is going to be looking at this guy like, oh my God, this guy was taken by third pick. He better be damn near perfect. Is everybody, I'm just wondering, what is there in the chat? Maybe somebody can tell me, what do you guys expect from, from Moody? Like, uh, since they spent the third round pick on, what are you guys expecting him to be? Because I think that that is something that's missing that people aren't talking, really talking about. They're saying that they're okay with the pick, but at the same time, what are you expecting out of him? Because I would using a third round pick on, on a kicker. I would expect, I, and I know it's not just me. I would say that the the nonsense merchants and all those guys are going to be are going to be on this guy's head if he's not at least as good as Robbie Gold if not better and should we be expecting that in the first place so i don't know we'll like we'll see and uh beto says a lot of these picks might not even make the roster they might go to the practice squad kicker is definitely guaranteed to make the roster so why not use it on a kicker especially since we need i know that that's what they were saying i know that that's what they were saying and i get it uh at the same time you had you had at i i look at the offensive line and they said that uh lynch said and kyle both said that they didn't see a fit they didn't see a fit there for them I mean, I mean, of course they're going to say that because, and I don't want to speculate based off because I just talked about that kind of stuff, but I would expect them to say that because they didn't pick one. But I think all of us identified multiple tackles that would be a fit for their system. Now that fit for uh, them as a person, I don't know that I can't speak to, 
because they have a specific type of personality of a person that they like. But I I would say you would take a chance on one of those. Uh, like I like Jalen Duncan. I think that he was a a good uh, upside player that they could they they could groom. But I mean, Blake Freeland was out there. Uh, who else? Saldaveri was out there. And a bunch of guys that that guys that I I feel are really good judges of talent had identified as fits for the 49ers. Now, talent wise, but did that were they a fit as a person? And I think that that's where it might get a little skewed. But but at the very least, they were a fit talent wise. So let's not say that they weren't a fit talent wise. Uh, I think that there was multiple guys out there that were were a fit talent wise and that could be developed because you've got guys on the roster that we know have not played well. Jalen Moore has not played well. Uh, Colton McKivitz, really, I mean, realistically speaking, has not played well when we've seen him. And so it's that's all I think everybody's saying. We see based off of what we had seen in the past of those two. That was, and now they do have Matt Pryor, but even his grades aren't really that good either. And he does have starting experience, but the fact is, is, is do you take, and we're not saying that that rookie had to come in and start right away, but at the same time, do you at least bring in a guy that, especially if you know that Jalen Moore and these other guys are not, not good. They they might have you bring in them you draft the guy and he might he has a chance to beat out one of those guys one of the depth one of your depth guys and that's a guy that you could develop for the next year or so uh, to try to eventually be your starter because you also have Trent Williams about to I mean he's getting up there in age so there's multiple factors and and I, I just think that I know that you don't normally get a starting level tackle in the third round but at the same time you had some guys there that were fits could they be developed and that's that's the question but but i get your point beto and as far as like do they make the roster i mean they might not have they might not have but at least you but at least you take the chance yeah if they're not better than jalen moore then yeah okay and they're not better than matt Pryor. okay i could i could see i could see what you're saying it doesn't change the value of a kicker. <laughs> it doesn't change the value of a kicker. Uh, two wrongs don't make it right. And you at least take a flyer uh, on a person that possibly could. Because this is the thing. Moody's got a uh, fight with Zane Gonzalez. What happens if Zane Gonzalez is better, is better than Moody? What happens then? You lose a third-round pick anyway, right? Or are they just going to get rid of Zane Gonzalez, even even though he he literally beat out Moody? I I mean, what would you guys do if that happened? So I I, I don't know. I I think it's the same for every player. That like because they do have a kicker on the roster, <laughs> so like he's going to have to beat out Moody's going to have to beat out Zane Gonzalez, and people are going to say, oh well, Zane Gonzalez. Now they're automatically going to say Zane Gonzalez isn't good. Like I know he was hurt. And we don't know what he's going to be, to be honest. But uh, but it is what it is. And what else do I got? I got to get going pretty soon. But uh, oh, and that and then Beto said talks about Joey Fisher. So the Fortnite did take a third round tackle. They just happened to take him as an undrafted free agent. And Joey Fisher, Mel Kiper had him going to the nine. I mean, okay, <laughs> like Mel Kiper. I, I get that Mel Kiper, uh, my Mel Kiper says a lot of things, and he's not always right. And this this is the thing, Joe Joey Fisher is, he would have the shortest arms of any tackle in the in the in the NFL if he ended up if he ended up starting. There's nobody that has shorter arms that he's gonna be a guard. <laughs> he's probably gonna be a guard. He's probably not gonna be a tackle if he if he makes it. So, and I just think that it's a big jump in competition when you're going from D2 to the league. And at the very least, that guy is going to be on the outside looking in for at least a season. I think that's a development, developmental 
type of thing, but I think he's going to end up being a guard. He's got really short arms. So we'll see. We'll see. That's another. I would love to be wrong. I am always about being wrong. Platform, what's going on with you? Appreciate you coming through, fam. And uh, he says, what's happening to the everybody, the faithful? And whoo, y'all coming through today. Yeah, we going, we going, we going to put it out there too. Lakers, you know, and I say that, but I am, I have become the most fair weather Laker fan on the planet. And I am so passionate about my 49ers, but I have really gotten wish, wishy-washy about basketball. I used to be a passionate Laker, uh, Laker fan, even through the, all the bad years, uh, the minute they got LeBron for me. I was done. I was done with them when, uh, like, I was done watching basketball at that point. Like, I watch it. I watch it. Like, I've been watching the the playoffs. But, uh, but yeah, it's – and I still root for my Lakers, you know, but uh, but I'm not as passionate as I used to be. But, yeah, go Lakers. We still are going to say go Lakers. Even though LeBron's on the team, I'm, I'm not a fan but <laughs> of LeBron, but I am a Laker fan. So, appreciate y'all. And Melissa says they get off on the chaos, taking shots and getting a name for going against it. Sad. You can have beef and not go live. Uh, tra- oh, yeah, no, I agree. Like, uh, I don't think that anybody should be getting trash. Uh, that was a whole unfortunate situation. And I don't think it had to go that far. But, hey, none of my business. <laughs> none of my business. I just talk about what I do and keep it and keep it pushing. And. Let's see if anybody else had any questions. Oh, man, y'all having full-on conversations in here. And uh, Beto says, love you, P. I love your positivity and your grinding heart, bro. But most importantly, you do this for the love of the game. And as an awakening, you escape the world. War. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all part of it. We do this content creation stuff because we need an outlet. Uh, it's, it's so that my wife doesn't kill me, like, uh, by talking to her about football all the time. And, uh, and it's, and yeah, I love the 49ers. I love football. I love it. And I love talking about it. So, uh, but, but yeah, but, but my show itself, the heart of my show is about making sure that everybody gets, gets to think a little bit and take a time out, give it a hoosa and just breathe and, not necessarily listen to all the merchants of nonsense and just kind of just stop back, look at the facts. Let's look at the facts and let's come up with a solution instead of just coming up with random stuff. We're just going to throw against the wall and see if it sticks. (laughs) But, Oh, thank you, Melissa. I appreciate it. Nine fanatic, no sugar coating. Absolutely not. <laughs> no PS. All heart, all humor, all knowledge, all around fun atmosphere. I, I, I appreciate you. Like uh, I appreciate that that comes through in the show. But you know, I'm gonna getting ready to get out of here. Uh, I'm getting ready to get out of here. And man, we got a lot of. There's too many comments to get to, but. Uh, but I just want to. She said, Melissa said, all those upset with Moody. Do we forget Robbie injuries and availability and how bad? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty bad time. But at the same at the same time. Yeah. Like I said, we don't know what Zane Gonzalez is going to be that I, I'm, I'm going to be watching that because if if that ends up being an actual competition. And it could be because the man's a rookie. I mean, hey, and Melissa, oh, she said, I'm a treasure. That's what my mom says. <laughs> like, but, but, uh, but I appreciate it. I like, uh, I love all my, all my listeners and, uh, and yeah, I love the community that we're building. I love that you guys are getting busy in this chat, but I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. And, but I did want to, I just wanted to spend some time. And just making sure that everybody, everybody 
I want everybody to start thinking more and not just listening, like uh, not just listening to the the endless chatter boxes, uh, like just because they're on ESPN, just because, and that goes to CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, all of it, just because it's on TV doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it real. Like uh, we as people, as people, I feel, need to think for ourselves more. And and if it doesn't make you, like, then it probably, you should get some more information on it before you just believe it out the gate. That's all I'm going to but I, I would love for people to think more about some of this stuff before they just run with it on tr- on Twitter. But, you know, it always gives us stuff to talk about. But before uh, before I get out of here, I want to thank everybody for coming through. Bebop, uh, Daytona, Melissa, uh, Sickness, Beto, uh, all of my peoples that uh, Roberto came through. Uh, yeah, I appreciate everybody coming through. Tomorrow I'll be back with another episode. Make sure that you give this video a like. Make sure that you give it a subscribe. Make sure that you hit the bell to get the notifications for when I go live. And remember, it's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Definitely on YouTube. It's absolutely on YouTube. Make sure you give it a subscribe on YouTube. And the and I'm also anywhere where you can get your audio podcast. So if you don't like looking at the face, you can always listen to the voice on uh, on anywhere where you can get your audio podcast. Uh, I don't care where you get it, just get it. And with that being said, I'm gonna get out of here. Like I said, appreciate all y'all, but you guys have a good night. And as always, go Niners.